Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Yo, yo, yo. What up, kids? That's what you decided to go with? Yeah, that was that was my winner. <laughs> I'm Scala Tony. I am Taylor of Terror. This is the Grave Plot Podcast. Uh, I want to welcome you all to another episode. What? This is the Grave Plot Podcast. My voice squeak? A little bit. I don't even know. I'm, I'm actually surprised that I'm not in worse <clears throat> condition right now. It's like, uh, last night when I saw Billy fucking Joel, Mr. William Joel. Spent the whole night, it's like, Billy Joel, oh my God! Yep. Billy, I love you! Yeah, you know, you know how we do. Um, but no, it's like, you know, I went there, uh, it, was, it was a birthday gift for my parents. Uh, <laughs> they bought everybody, like my, my they, they bought me, my wife, my sister, brother-in-law, and themselves tickets to Billy Joel because everybody's birthday with the exception of my mom is all within like a two month period. No, three months. Sorry. Like my sister's in April. I'm in May. My wife, my dad, and my brother are all in June. So they're just like, fuck it. Billy Joel tickets for everyone. <laughs> um, anyway. So, uh, you know, I went there with it in mind that it's like, I have to record tomorrow. Like not only do I have to record, I have to do an interview, which we'll get More on that later. later. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and uh, it's just like so I I cannot be screaming and you know singing at the top of my lungs all night. Um, and I try to keep that in mind. And then he played piano man, and you just went ah. Yes. <laughs> uh, but you dropped your panties. Yep. I tried to throw them on the stage, but they only got like a few rows in front of me. Nailed <laughs> some guy in the back of the head. Yeah, some poor bald guy. Right on his forehead. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, he he fucking played like everything that, that you could want him to. Like, name a song. I did. Piano Man. Yeah, he played that. <laughs> name another one. Crocodile Rock. No, he didn't play that. Huh. He did play... Um, uh, a little bit of tiny dancer though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because uh he, he says uh <clears throat> uh or he he played played like for like a couple songs and he's like, Hello Seattle You know, it, it's been a while since I've been here. And he's like, uh last time I was here I was with another guy and he was touring with Elton John. Sir Elton John, excuse me. <laughs> Hardy me. Show some fucking respect. <laughs> I'm not British. Um, and uh, then he starts playing uh, Tiny Dancer and singing it like uh, Elton John. Like, doing an impression. Nice. He's, he's doing a bit, doing a shtick. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it was it was awesome. He played like a couple songs that I didn't expect like at all. He played uh, Pressure. I wouldn't have thought he'd play that. And uh, sometimes a Fantasy, which is like one of my favorite songs of his. And nice. Played that. It was. Awesome. Anyway, so yeah, by the end of the night, I was singing every song on top of my lungs and uh, hooting and hollering. So I'm I'm actually surprised that my voice is not just completely wrecked right now. That's good. Yeah, but uh, that would probably explain the little prepubescent squeak <laughs> that I have. Uh, anyway, how you doing? I'm good. Cool. Let's uh, uh, not much. Got a new tattoo, mm-hmm. thanks to Taylor at Artful Dodger. Shameful plug. 
Yeah. You did good work. I appreciate people who do good work, and I encourage others to seek them out. Mm-hmm. That's funny, because he came out, he goes, Taylor? I was <laughs> like, yeah? He goes, okay, because I'm also Taylor. <laughs> You're like, maybe I'm you from the future. <laughs> yes. Did you really do that? No. You should have. You should have done that. This is your future. <laughs> Change your ways now, or this is you. <laughs> I'm guessing you're probably at least in the same age bracket as him. Uh, probably, yeah. <laughs> he seemed like he was probably mid to late 20s. Oh, okay. So, uh, anything else exciting? Um, no. Crypticon this weekend. Oh, right, when they're here. Yeah, well, I mean, if, yeah, they're <laughs> going to be listening to this on Wednesday. Yes. Assuming they listen when the day comes out. And right. Yeah, it's going to be this weekend. Yeah, that's going to be exciting. We're really looking forward to that. Yeah. Paneling on four panels. Yep, in three days. Yeah, it's going to be a long weekend. It is going to be a long weekend. Because <laughs> we're working. Like a dog. <laughs> working for the man down in New Orleans. Working for the weekend. <laughs> How many more can we come up with? Turn you out of hot girls in love. (laughs) Uh, Those are Loverboy songs, Taylor. Loverboy has always sucked. Oh, no, they don't. (laughs) Yeah, come say hi. If you see us, we'll be the handsome guys wearing Grave Plot Podcast t-shirts. And we're going to have a shitload of free buttons. Yeah. I ordered exactly one shitload. Yes. We have a lot of fucking buttons. Too many, one might say. Who would say that? Me. We have too many buttons. No, we don't. What are we going to do? There's no such thing as too many buttons. But what are we going to do? They don't expire. Are you just going to keep them in a bag in your dresser or something? I'll give them to people. (laughs) Here, peasants. (laughs) Yes. Toss around gold coins. I mean, we'll give them out at the Halloween party. Hmm. I know my dad wants one, I think. saw the one on my hat, and he was like, where'd you get that? From our store? (laughs) <laughs> where you buy things. Um, but anyway. <clears throat> the only problem is, is like, I mean, we have a new store, by the way. Yeah, it's it's up and running. We mentioned that last episode, and yeah, it's it's up and running. Uh, you know, we, we we we've gotten one shirt from this new distributor. It was pretty good, but we don't know for sure exactly how good they are so if you order a shirt like send us a picture and let us know what like how it looks or you know tell us if you're happy with the quality just so we know for our own peace of mind yeah um also good news and bad news uh bad news we no longer have 5x shirts uh but good news 3x and 4x are now only 20 dollars. there's no extra five dollars for those right so yeah um and you know side note there uh we're still this is still may Still cystic fibrosis awareness month and March. Those segue skills. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Thanks. I, I've been working on it. Can you tell? <laughs> um, uh, we're still selling our cystic fibrosis awareness shirts. Uh, I mean, we'll be selling those all year long. Um, but uh, you know, it's especially important during May uh, for your your donations um, of five dollars and fifty cents um, directly to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. Uh, we appreciate every purchase we get, um, and you know, send out a thank you. We sold a few, mostly to my family members, but that's okay. 
as long as we sold some. Right. <laughs> um, I'm really disappointed in like my, well, my dad mainly because uh, my entire family wanted to order, like my immediate family wanted to order one. Um, and I, I, I said, I, I can't order it because of the time we were still with our old distributor. I said, I can't order it because if I do, then uh, I get the non-commission price, which is lower, and then therefore we will have commission to donate. Um, I said, so somebody else has got to order it. And my dad said that he would just order everybody's shirts for them, and then he didn't do it. So, <laughs> Come on, Skella John. Yeah, so we've got about was it two, four, six, six shirts that still need to be ordered. So, tell him to get on that. Yeah, I will. Uh, anyway, but yeah, please do go to graveplotpodcast.com and hit the store link and check out shirts. We're still working on getting our shop up back to where it was. We're still re-adding products because we have to basically start from scratch. Working on zipper hoodies. And I'm, I'm, I, I made up a new logo. Well, not not like a permanent logo. It's like a big, an alternate an logo. Alternate logo yeah. um, <clears throat> just for funsies. I'm going to try and maybe put that on a hoodie. That would look good on a polo. <laughs> it would. Come on. I'm not wearing a polo. I'll wear it to work. I don't care. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> That's my Great Plot Podcast work shirt. <laughs> I thought, you know, when we first got started, um, and we, I wanted to, or the first year we went to Crypticon, uh, I wanted to get us like some like Dickies work shirts and put our logo oh, yeah. on the back and put like name patches, like the like actual like garage work shirts. That shit's expensive. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Like I looked at personalized patches just to get like a small name patch. It's like twenty bucks or something like that. Just for the patch? Yeah. God damn. I like that. <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, anything else to talk about? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. I feel like there was something I had, but I, if I forgot it, it must not have been that important. All right. I mean, a few things that you say are, but... Hey, fuck me, right? Um, okay, well... Uh, <clears throat> I can't think of anything, so... I guess maybe we just do... Horror business! All right, starting out with some real-world horror. Uh, and remember, guys, we're doing our new revamped horror business, so if this seems a little out of sorts or different than what you are accustomed to, that, that's why. Deal with it. Real-world. <laughs> uh, real I don't know why I have such a hard time with that. I think it's because I have such a big tongue. That's why he's married. <laughs> That's why my wife loves me. Uh, well, that's why. <laughs> that's what he's for. Uh, real world horror. Um, so they found in Port Arthur, Texas, a headless body in a truck. Um, the body of Jubal Alexander. Or Jubal? 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 I'm not sure how that's pronounced. 
It's one of those, I'm sure. Um, no disrespect. Probably not like name. Jubble. Probably not. Um, body was found in a pickup truck parked at a boat ramp. His pickup truck, I believe. Okay. I believe he was, I read he was living in it. Oh, okay. Um, uh, apparently at this point, it's not clear whether or not uh, Alexander was alive or dead. Not whether or not, but whether he was alive or dead um, when he was decapitated. But uh, the ha- case is obviously being handled as a homicide investigation. I, I would think so. Yeah. There's not uh, a lot of accidental decapitations. And, you know, people's heads don't tend to just fall off either. Right. It's not like accidental. And then go missing. Right. Because they still haven't found his head. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I said, dude, people's heads don't just come off. Roll away. We're not designed that way. Yeah. This is a reanimator. <laughs> um, I mean, that's not like a natural cause of death. It's not something that happens to people. In general. Right. In general. You don't like read the eulogy in a newspaper and it's like her head unfortunately fell off in her sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um no, that's terrible. Why do we always make jokes about these things? That's, that's what we do. Is it because we're bad people? Probably. <laughs> um so yeah, like you said, it hasn't been <clears throat> head hasn't been found yet. That's the most fucked up part to me. Yeah. Sweet. So we took the head. Yeah, like why? A trophy? I guess. Like maybe it's like Jason. You know, just gonna make like a little. That was his mom, though. Not some stranger. Maybe it was a secret admirer. <laughs> I suppose that's possible. Watching him from afar. I feel bad making jokes. It's terrible. This is terrible. I mean, aside from the fact that I'm making jokes. I know that it's bad, and I know that it's not good. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was in trouble with three words in that sentence. <laughs> anyway, um, there has been a memorial fund set up. Uh, I assume to probably pay for funeral services. Mm-hmm. He said he was a homeless man, so... No, he wasn't. Well, I, he was working at the, the docks or whatever, this, oh. this boat ramp. Um, and I, I guess he was living in his truck either. So he didn't have to commute or maybe it was just to save money. I don't know. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, yes, there has been a, um, memorial fund set up. Uh, it's at gofundme.com. Uh, the, so it's gofundme.com slash two, four, nine, lowercase E lowercase R two, four, niner, two, four, nine. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I I didn't even realize that, but I almost said two two four niner. Just isn't that exactly what he says in Tommy Boy? When he's asking him his phone number two. Yeah, is there was there a niner. niner in there? But he says two four niner, right? Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> uh, two four niner twenty six C. Yes, lowercase C. Apparently, that makes a difference. Oh, does it? Yeah, I think there's a logic behind lowercase and uppercase letters. Apparently. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, um, but I assume we'll post that link in the show notes too. Yeah, I can do that. Um, and of course, our, our condolences go out to his his friends and family and loved ones. Yeah, sorry about laughing. Yeah, we weren't laughing at him. No, just trying to make light of a bad situation. <laughs> right. Not that they want light made of it. No, but you know. And I, I hope that that uh, both the 
the uh, perpetrator and of, of course the gentleman's head are both found. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, there there have been I don't I can't remember if we talked about this in the last episode, but you and I or there there was a shooting here in the town I live in. And you know, I've lived here for twenty years. Um, and it's always seemed to me like a fairly safe place to live, especially considering the surrounding area, you know, Tacoma, uh, Auburn, Des Moines, you know, these are obviously towns that you guys don't know unless you live in Washington, but like there's some dangerous places around here. Yeah. And this town I live in federal way, it's, it's always seemed to me relatively safe. There was a shooting and, um, you know, it was a murder, um, and you know, so many people are just flying off the handle about it. Like, oh my God, Federal Way is going to do such shit. You know, it's turning into a crime cesspool. Uh, and it's like this—it's one murder. I mean, granted, that's awful, but you know, compared to all the murders that go on in you know Seattle or Tacoma, like you know, the bigger cities, mm-hmm. it's like this—that's not that bad. Well, I think it was more the four shootings in three days. That's what I was getting to. Yeah. You know, I was telling you that it's like, and I think you sent me some statistics showing that like federal way is like the bottom of the list as far as like most dangerous places to live in federal area. I think it was like number 16 or something on the list. Right. Um, And then, you know, all the the cities that you expect. Well, again, if you're from Washington, the cities you expect to see at the top of it's like Duck Willow. Uh, Tequila was just named the most dangerous city in America. Right. But did you read like about that report? No. It's like, there's some very flawed logic they used for it. I believe that. Uh, But, uh, or statistics, I should say. Um, The dick dicks. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, no. And then like, you know, we talked about that. And then what that night, there were two more shootings. Well, there there was another shooting that night and then another shooting the next morning. Right. It's like, well, I'm really eating my words. <laughs> I don't and they're still investigating those. They, they have they don't think they're connected. I thought two of them they thought were connected and they were like drug related. Last I heard they, they didn't think they were connected, but and then there was the one accidental shooting in a car. A parked car. Yeah. Just two guys hanging out in their car or in a, in a truck uh, playing with a gun because that's what you do. I'm so glad that this is an open carry state. Yeah. It makes me really happy. I mean, it kind of makes me wonder, like, what they were doing. Yeah. Aside from just fucking around. Yeah. Like, yeah were they, probably what were they, they were waiting doing. for someone, like, to shoot them? Or yeah, who knows? Anyway, but yeah, dude shot his friend sitting next to him in the truck. So in the chest, and he lived. He lived. I thought he thought he was dead. I'm pretty sure he lived. Oh well, maybe. Okay, that could be. I guess it wasn't described as a fatal shooting. So, um, yeah, then some dude gets shot. He's out on a jog with his dog, yeah. and they shot him that on the sucks. street. And it's always that that area. Where it happened, I told you this, but it's always been kind of sketchy. Mm-hmm. It's right on the border of what it's referred to as Northeast Tacoma, because uh, Federal Way and Tacoma butt up right next to each other. And, um, 
yeah, that area is a little sketchy. Mm. But, um, yeah, stuff's going to going to shit, going to pot. pot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, does your grandma say that? Uh, maybe that's that's where I got it. My grandma always says going to pot. My grandma says and crying yeah. in the sink. That's not something. That's not. <laughs> Instead of saying for Christ's sake, she <laughs> says crying in the sink. She should just say because she's Mormon. <laughs> um, no, my grandma. She, you know, she's from Oklahoma, so she says a lot of funny things. Mm. Uh, namely, like Washington. Oh God, that shit drives me nuts. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's a fun old lady. <laughs> anyway. Um, so I guess we move on now. Sure. It's been long enough. I'm not going to lie and pretend that I even know what this is. <laughs> Um, well, apparently you can buy the rights to anything now for movies. Um, I'm buying the rights to you. I, okay, give me money. <laughs> I'll give you $10 to the rights for your life. My life story is worth $10. <laughs> and that's your future, too. So that means that you are not allowed to capitalize on anything you do now <laughs> or in the future. I can capitalize on it, but then you get to capitalize on making a story yeah. out of it. You don't actually buy my life. You're not the devil. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anyway. Who bought the rights to this? Some asshole. (laughs) La Brea Pictures has announced that they have acquired the film rights to a painting. Okay. Uh, this is a painting called The Anguished Man, which was painted by someone that no one knows. <laughs> so much anguish. So much an asshole guy. What? Yep. What the fuck was that sentence? Well, that, that wasn't a sentence at all, actually. <laughs> Those were just a random assortment of words. Right. Um, anyways, some asshole mixed his blood in with the ink when he painted this, and then when he was done, he immediately killed himself. Alright. So he that's 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 some anguish right there, I'll yeah. say. Uh so it's not just a clever name. <laughs> <laughs> the owner of the Anguished Man painting has for years been claiming that it has terrorized his family, as the very presence of the painting has unleashed a dark figure in his home, likely the ghost of the tortured artist, and he even claims that the figure once attacked his young son. Note note that he said for years. I think he's full of shit. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't believe in haunted paintings. That's nonsense. But if he believes it, and he's believed in it for years, and he still owns it, sketchy. What the fuck? Yeah, sketchy. <laughs> um. Yeah, like I said, La Brea Pictures is now optioning this story as a film. Uh, it's going to be called Anguished. It's going to be written and directed by T. Ricks or Ty Ricks. T-Rex? T-Rex. <laughs> I go big on the weekend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, set in the United Kingdom, Anguished tells the story of an Englishman. Oh, by the way, the movie's just called Anguished. Uh, you said that. Did I? Yep. Oh, all right. Well, just to reiterate. You said uh, the film will be titled Anguished. You did I actually say that? I, I, know, I, I know it says it there, but I don't think I said it. You said that. All right. Well, just to reiterate. You film, said it. The, you. the film, titled Anguished, will be set in the United Kingdom and will tell the story of an Englishman who inherits a weird painting locked away in an attic away from sight. <laughs> weird. <laughs> it's just a weird painting. It doesn't even say it's haunted. It's just... <laughs> what is is it going to be the anguished man? I mean, I have to assume so. But if it was, wouldn't they just say that? Who fucking knows? <laughs> and it doesn't even say anything happens. It's just it's just about a guy who inherits it. It's like, hey, here's a painting. All right, cool, <laughs> sweet. I love this painting. <laughs> Except now it's haunting me and my family. <laughs> Why does he sound like that? I don't know. He's an Englishman. He's not from La Brea, California. <laughs> <laughs> Although this is La Brea Pictures. So. Well, maybe he... Uh, I don't know. No, it does say he's an Englishman. So maybe he's just... It reminds me of Oculus. Uh, a bit. They inherited a weird mirror. They didn't hear it. She stole it. That was their parents. No. Well, they did own it when they were children or something. Yeah. But then over the years, it traded hands. Oh. Remember, because she worked at an auction house and then she stole it. Oh, that's right. Well, irregardless. <laughs> Fucker. <laughs> um, have you seen this painting? Uh, yeah, I saw some pictures of it. It didn't look all that haunting. <laughs> it looked like it was made out of lasagna. It, it does kind of look like it's made out of lasagna now that you mention it. It looks like a lasagna representation of Freddy Krueger. Or like the Red Skull from Captain America. Sure, that. <laughs> I don't understand. Well, art. I guess the blood. <laughs> I don't understand <laughs> art at all. No. Um, that's why, like, if I was left to my own devices all these pictures in here, uh, they would be replaced by like movie posters. Yeah. Because that's how I roll. <laughs> My wife doesn't let me do such things because I'm not a 20 year old bachelor. See, that's what I keep getting too. I'm like, I have thumbtacks. She's like, you're not thumbtacking a poster <laughs> yeah. on the wall. It's like, why can't I just put a poster up? Cause this isn't a dorm. Do you ever get that? Yeah. Well, I have before. Yeah. Uh, do you know how much frames cost? Yeah. It's like, I don't, it's a fucking movie poster. I don't want to frame it. Yeah. I have a really bitching, like, door poster uh, of Eddie from Iron Maiden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Scott. Um, but, it, yeah, the thing's like, like eight feet tall, seven feet, maybe. I, I don't know. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's like vintage. It's like, like authentic from the 80s. I don't want to hang it up. My wife won't let me. What if you get a frame? <laughs> An eight or seven <laughs> foot frame? I have to make that fucking thing myself. And I have to probably like like commission the glass. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. I'll just <clears throat> hang it up one day when she's not looking. I'm sure. <laughs> she's going on vacation in July or August. I'll just put it up while she's gone. <laughs> put her up. Uh, 
Well, right there. Yeah, take, take, take that stupid thing. Take down. that thing down. <laughs> <laughs> she brought that home and showed it to me. I was like, oh. She bought, she bought it at a concert. The Andrew McMahon concert, right? Yeah. Yeah, I recognize those lyrics. Yeah, it was just like, oh. Neat. <laughs> it's, like, it's almost like she expected me to gush over it. It's like, <laughs> I don't like that song. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, lasagna man. <laughs> so yeah, uh, just called lasagna. This will be out. <laughs> I don't know. It's someday. Pizza the Hut. It looks like Pizza the Hut. Uh, yeah. Exciting. Exciting Meat. stuff. Meat. <laughs> you better watch out when you hear that sound. It means that the maniac cops around. Once upon a time, he was a super cop, but the bad guys break him to make him stop. They put him in prison when they tried to kill him. But he broke out, now he's the villain. Bullets won't hurt him. I know it sounds like giant, but when I shoot him, so I think we talked before about this I think so. topic when it was first announced. Uh, but uh, Maniac Cop was up for a remake, um, and surprisingly, well, sort of, I think we were more surprised about who was working on it, because yeah. uh, uh, Ed Brubaker was writing it, who was the guy that wrote <clears throat> Captain America Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Uh, which a lot of people are still saying is like the best superhero movie. So that's shocking. Uh, and then it's also directed by John Hyams, who directed Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning, which I didn't see. I didn't either because I didn't have Goldberg. I only watched the ones with Goldberg. <laughs> so you only watched the sequel. <laughs> No, I didn't. I actually didn't see any of them. <laughs> you haven't even seen the original? No, I saw the first one. I didn't see any of the sequels. I mean. Oh, yeah, the original was not bad. <clears throat> the, the first sequel wasn't terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's like, you know, in the first one, Jean-Claude Van Damme's character, he's like this, this, this zombie almost. Like, he's just programmed to go in and kill i am a robot (laughs) but later on he starts to kind of check remembers old life but he's still very robotic and you know has like no personality in the sequel he's like he has like a full recovery or something i don't know he like has this really turns into lieutenant guile basically yeah (laughs) Uh, but he's like really sarcastic and kind of weird. Not weird. But I, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, <laughs> this isn't a Universal Soldier cast yet. <laughs> uh, anyway, but yeah, so Maniac Cop, uh, it's received uh, its funding and distribution, which is pretty cool, maybe. Um, Bendy Entertainment and Wild Bunch uh, is teaming up with Nicholas Winding Refn's Space Rocket Nation Productions. Now, they're planning this as a trilogy, which is ambitious. Mm Mm-hmm. Are there three originals? Mm Mm-hmm. What are there? Okay. I wonder if they're all going to be... Is the plan to just remake all three, or is it going to be like a new trilogy? I don't know, because... Has a sequel ever been remade? 
Not directly. I can't no. think of one. I mean, you think of like uh, like the Friday the 13th. That was like an incorporation of like the first, first three. First three, yeah. But um, but no, like like an actual remake of, of a sequel, no. Not that I can think of. Because, hmm. I mean, like you think like um, Halloween was remade, but then Halloween 2 was a sequel was a of the remake. a new story, yeah. So, I don't know. Uh... I'm wondering if maybe the report, when it said the first in a trilogy, it just meant the original. What do you mean? Maybe it was saying, like, it's they're remaking Maniac Cop, which was the first in a trilogy. Oh. Because this this came from Variety. Mm. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. Not sure how they meant that. Okay. So we don't know if it's going to be trilogy, I guess. It might be, or it might not. I guess it would strongly depend on how well this one does. You would think. Um, uh, Nicholas Winding Refn. Did we ever decide if it was winding or, or wind, winding? I don't think we ever decided. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> shit. Um, fuck. He's my place. Yeah, he's, he's producing... Obviously, going through his production company. So, uh, Viridian Entertainment, Wild Bunch, and Refn uh, previously came together on Neon Demon. Which did not receive a good reception at Con. No, it didn't. Uh, and, you know, we're reviewing it here in what, a couple episodes? It comes out July 1st, I think. Oh, okay, so yeah, it's a it's a little ways down the road, but we're planning to review it. And yeah, like you know, people were saying it was like it was actually booed during like, the screening. Like people like stood up and screamed profanities at the screen, is what I read. Yeah, is it? I mean, which I don't understand at all. It wasn't. Ex- I can't think of a movie where I would like stand up in the theater and be like, "Fuck you, <laughs> boo this man." Um. Yeah, I'm like, I don't... And I sat through Primeval. It it didn't really elaborate on were were people booing it because it was bad or because it was offensive? Uh, I don't know. Because, I mean, for people, either way, it's got to be either really bad or really offensive. The most descriptive uh, complaint I've heard about it is that it's all style, no substance. Mm. Okay. No substance, because that's not a word. Substance. There we go. <laughs> I was gonna let it slide, <laughs> but you know. Um oh no. <laughs> okay, well they're gender swapping again. Uh story follows innocent people who oh, I didn't even notice brutally that. murdered in the streets of Los Angeles by a uniformed police officer. So far, so good. Uh, As the death toll rises and LAPD attempts to cover it up, uh, one determined female cop sets out to reveal the truth. Now, anybody that's seen the original remembers that the cop was Bruce Campbell. Good old handsome Bruce. Uh, And the maniac cop, he just died recently. Yeah, but 
Started with a Z. The last name was Zadar. I don't I can't remember his first name. But um, God, with the fucking gender swaps again. Robert oh. Zadar. Right. It never fucking ends. Oh man, I was I was on Facebook and um, somebody posted on Movie Pilot this article they made. Like that, because they announced that, that uh, Netflix is doing a, a Blade, a Ghost Rider, and a Moon Knight show. Yeah. Well, shows, um, which is badass. But so he said, like, uh, probably posted an article, like, the 10 best choices for um, Blade. And there were some decent picks in there. Um, but the one standout was. Um, I'm totally spacing on her real name, but the lady that plays Michonne. Because she's black and can use a sword? Basically. You know who would be good? But he's probably too big for it. Michael B. Jordan. I could see that. Um, you know, there, there was one, like, obviously, basically, if you have uh, a role to be played by a black man... You pick Idris Elba because why not? Because people have no originality. Um, but then there was um, DB Woodside. Anybody who watches Lucifer knows he's um, Amandel. I don't know. Lucifer's brother, the other angel. Um, <clears throat> there was a uh, little Bow Wow was on there, which no. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, At least it didn't have like Jaden Smith. Right. But I mean, there were some people I didn't recognize, but you know, just looking at them, it's like, okay, sure, I can see that. Um, but yeah, it, people started commenting like almost immediately about Michonne. And she's like, no. Like, I, I responded and said, no, 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 no. Blade is a man, he's always been a man. In every single instance in Marvel's entire weird multiverse, he's always been a man. There's no instance where he has ever been a woman. So he's a man. It's not a misogynist thing. It's just oh, I'm it's gonna, just source material. Yeah, people are going to call me misogynist anyway. Uh, at this point, I don't care. I, I know that I'm not. I just want to see characters represented on screen the way that they are in comics. I don't want in the source material, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Maniac cop is going to start shooting in Los Angeles this summer. That's ambitious or not ambitious, but shooting in uh, LA is not a cheap endeavor. So true. Speaking, I mean, speaking of Lucifer, granted this is a series, so that would get really expensive, but they shot the, it takes place in L.A., they shot the pilot entirely in L.A., and then moved it to Vancouver when it got picked Of course. Up. It's like, how do you make Vancouver look like Los Angeles? The um, truth is, you can't. <laughs> there was record filming the fucking uh, 50 shades of gray sequel downtown this week. Oh, I know. And they, they shut down the fucking viaduct after it was just shut down for two straight weeks. Yeah. 
they shut it down for like it, they shut it down in like increments. Uh, like it wasn't completely closed like all day or you know for a, a block of certain you know certain block of hours. They would shoot their scene, then open it up to traffic while I assume they like reset or whatever, and then they shoot the scene again. Or, you know, do whatever they're doing on the viaduct. Just fucking things up. They couldn't have done this last week when it was already closed. Oh, right? I know. What the fuck? You know, and then maybe... Fucking Hollywood. Then maybe it would have collapsed and, you know, there would have been tragedy and they would have not made the movie. (laughs) Uh, (coughs) Sometimes we just don't get the things we wish. (laughs) What a horrible thing to say. (laughs) Well, I think it's pretty well established at this point that I'm a horrible person. And a misogynist. <laughs> right. <laughs> Can't forget that. Anyway, let's talk about something else. So Ghostbusters. No, not that. No, no. <laughs> oh, no. I guess I probably should have talked about this one since you probably don't watch it. Uh, I've seen some of it. <laughs> okay. Uh, so <laughs> go for it, us. <laughs> uh, Bates Motel is going to enter its its fifth and final season here coming up. That like halfway surprises me, I guess. It's doing so well. and It's, 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 it's like really starting to get good. So the fact that they're just doing one more season, it's a little disappointing. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, did you watch any of this season? No. Okay, well, I mean, this is the season. It just ended on Monday. Thursday, the season finale. Um, this was the season where Norman, like, really started to lose it. Yeah. Yeah, like, he <laughs> he got committed uh, and then actually started to show, like, what kind of a manipulator he is. And, like, his internal persona of Norma really started to come out. Okay. Maybe I'll need to watch that. Cause that was part of the reason I stopped watching it is cause I was just like, this is not psycho. Yeah. It's definitely one of the shows where you, you really have to stick with it. I mean, there was until this season, it was definitely more of like a, just a general drama. Yeah. Um, you know, there's like a lot of, uh, drug trade, mm-hmm. uh, What's the word? Storylines. Sure. Um, but this one, it was really mostly a focus on uh, Norman and him like losing his mind. Uh, or, you know, it's it's starting to become apparent to other people that he's lost his mind. And, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was really good. And the, the season finale was really good. It would... I won't spoil it, but it, it took a turn that I was not expecting, at least not this season. Uh, I, I could have seen it maybe happen. These, these occurrences happen maybe the next season, but surprise. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, like I said, it's going to be season five. Um, and it turns out this upcoming season, it's going to butt up against Psycho. Of course, Bates Motel is a prequel to Psycho. Mm-hmm. 
And normally when they have prequels, they don't necessarily run into the original. I mean, with movies, sometimes they do, but yeah. But yeah, there, this is going to be, uh, it's going to come in right into Alfred Hitchcock's psycho. Uh, Marion Crane is going to be joining the cast. Uh, no word yet. Who's going to play her. Yeah. I, ha- I mean, I have to imagine that maybe like in the, f- maybe in the final episode, it'll be her showing up to check in. So I, apparently they're going to kind of like remake psycho within the show. Really? Okay. Yeah. The uh, executive producer, Carlton Cuse says we wanted the final season to allow us to do our own version of the psycho lore. We will be colliding with certain events in the narrative of the film, but it would be boring to just recreate psycho. And that's true. Uh, I mean, I, 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 at the same time, I'd really hate to see them completely alter things. I mean, granted, It also was announced that she's going to be in multiple episodes, so it won't just be the final episode. Okay. I mean, like I said, granted, the show obviously takes place in present day, as opposed to the original that was in the 60s. Um, But I'd hate to see them completely change the story to where, like, Marion Crane is, like, somebody that Norman knows and like starts to befriend or, or you know something to that yeah. effect. I, I don't want to see that. I think they should make Marion Crane a man. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. <laughs> Goes both ways, man. <laughs> Maybe Norman's gay. We don't know. He could be gay. Maybe he's transgender. Yeah, why not? Well, I just, I just hope that he doesn't turn into Vince Vaughn. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> That's one of my greatest fears. Turning into Vince Vaughn. Yep. <laughs> um, me too, because then that would probably make me Owen Wilson. Yeah, you get a <laughs> weird fucked up nose. That's not broken. Or you could be John Favreau. You have a curly Jufro and get all fat. I could be John Favreau. <laughs> you want a Jufro, Jufro and be fat? I mean, I'm not Jewish, so. <laughs> no, this word. People remember things, Taylor. <laughs> Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> no, I mean, like I said, like the season finale was really exciting. Like a lot of crazy things happened. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to the next season. A lot of psycho things. <laughs> yes. Jeff Bates Motel is going psycho. Other wordplay puns. You know, it's something I don't quite understand. And, you know, now I'm thinking about it. I don't think the the location of the Bates Motel was really established in the original, was it? I don't think so. Okay. Well, then maybe it doesn't matter so much then. I just thought it was weird that they... Because obviously the, the, original, you know, uh, the original Psycho House is in... LA on the Universal lot. Obviously, that's a much different climate than uh, it's not Vancouver. It's a different town, but you know, in British Columbia, much different climate, Wait, much different look. Yeah, oh. <clears throat> and it's funny because it's set in Oregon, right? Yeah, uh, 
White Pine Bay, which is obviously not a real place. Um, but it, it kind of reminded me maybe a little, like, the idea behind the town, maybe a little like uh, like Seaside or like Coos Bay. Mm, okay. um, but, yeah, it's, it's set in Oregon, but it's filmed in British Columbia. Like, actually, I think it's just <clears throat> right over the border, the location. And it's funny, you can actually pull it up on Google Maps because it's, it's located on a real road. Um, so if you go through Google Maps and either punch in the address or um, the coordinates or you just kind of do what I did and just like move up the road in, in pictures, you can actually see like the set. So it's you know, off season. They weren't in production at the time. So yeah. there's like a big chain link fence up and and stuff like that, you know, private property, that type of stuff. But you can see see the house up on the hill, and you see the motel. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then at, at the Met, there's the uh, the Psycho Barn that I went and saw while I was right. there. It's this, this lady just her her line of thinking was that the the farmhouse barn kind of thing represents like Americana and like all that is wholesome in America. And, you know, you always, in her words, you always see Republicans posing in front of farms. And so she wanted to just tear it down and then rebuild it as something sinister. So she made the psycho house out of it. All right. So it was actually made out of like reclaimed wood from a barn. Yeah. And then like the roof is like the roof of the barn and stuff. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, I, you know, I have to wonder what they're going to do with the set when the show's over. Yeah. Because, I mean, they have a full motel. I, I will not full. Like, I know that the motel has, like, an actual functional office and at least, like, one or two, like, full rooms built inside the hotel. <clears throat> and then they've got a house. Is it an actual house or is it just a facade? I don't know. I know that it has like an entrance and like a, I don't know, maybe kind of like a mud room, like an actual physical room that's a mud room um, at the front. But beyond that, I don't know. It may just be a set that they film on. I can't see. Probably just tear it down. That's a shame. It is a shame. Maybe they'll sell the hotel to somebody who will like make it an actual hotel. That would be awesome. If they made it into like a real boat, Bates Motel. Or just like up. kept the sign. Yeah. It'd be sweet. It would be sweet. I would totally do that. Yeah. Like people, it would, it would be a destination. People exactly. Would go there. Uh, specifically to stay at Bates Motel. Um, it'd be nice to have one, you know, have a, a psycho house, even if it's just a facade. I'm pretty sure it's actually like a full house. But as far as inside, it may just be completely yeah, just a shell. Yeah. But considering that the original Psycho House is in such disrepair, because apparently Universal doesn't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> Unless something's changed, I don't know. I don't either. Um, but it's, shit's falling off on the old bitch. Mm-hmm. So it'd be nice to have like a representation of it that's in actually decent condition. Yeah. All right. Especially if someone like wanted to buy the motel and keep it as the base motel just to have a house in the background. Yeah. would be great ambiance. Right. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not an architect or 
and I don't work in construction, so I don't know what the likelihood would be if they could actually build inside of a fake house. I don't know if that's possible. I don't either. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, Moving on. So I want to be excited by this. <laughs> I really do. But I feel like I've heard this promise before and it's not happened. But... Um, apparently they're going to be announcing the Resident Evil, or, you know, and, and debuting Resident Evil 7 at E3 this year. According to industry insider Dr. Dr. Sirkin Toto. Dr. Toto. Yep. <laughs> Alright. Uh, What's the guy's name? I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> They're saying that, uh, or he is saying that they're going to show it at E3. The Resident Evil 7 team hired Jordan Amaro, a designer who previously worked on Metal Gear Solid 5 and PT at Kojima Productions. PT was kind of a big deal. It was a big deal. It's kind of still a big deal. Um, because, you know, people are still clamoring for Hideo Kojima to actually make a new game. And, you know, they're, since then, there have been a lot of, well, not a lot, but like a handful of games that people say it's like, oh, it's so so much like PT. You know, if you if you like PT, you will like this game. It's, I haven't played any of them, so I can't say for sure. But it's like you're making a lot of promises here. <laughs> um, but there, this is what's hanging me up here. They're claiming that Resident Evil is going to be more like the original. Going back to its horror roots. Now, there's a problem with that in that they've said, like I said, they've said that a couple times now. Uh, they've said that with Resident Evil Six, and they said it with, um, oh goddamn, like there, there's some Resident Evil like side games that they came out with. Like, I can't remember what they're called, but um, they're just not all that horrifying. <laughs> Um, but another, another thing is that people have become so, uh, jaded. Well, did jaded, I guess, but kind of desensitized a little bit to, to zombies. <clears throat> yeah. And, you know, I guess it doesn't say specifically that's what they're going to be going back to, but I mean, that's the premise of Resident Evil. That was the roots. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if they're going back to the horror roots, you'd think zombies. And it's like, people are just so unaffected by zombies anymore. Yeah. I mean, you can't... It, to try and make a game that's, uh, that's scary, you can't do... You, you can't use something that people aren't frightened by anymore. Maybe set it in Philadelphia. Use the Reanima Project. <laughs> no! Apparently this year is the 20th anniversary of the first game, so that 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 makes me feel old. Yeah, I I remember playing that when it first came out, and me too. I'm so being team. so blown away by how awesome the graphics were. Yeah, uh, I think that was like 
the first game I got on PlayStation, PlayStation 1, before it was called PlayStation 1. I had it on GameCube. <laughs> uh, wait, the, <clears throat> the remake or the, the original? The original. Oh, I didn't know they made that for GameCube. Or I didn't know GameCube was around when they came out. Maybe it was a remake. So I remember they made... I think like, I might have had it on PlayStation, too. Okay. PlayStation, maybe. Also. Right. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I just come up from Super Nintendo. That was my most advanced uh, gaming system at the time. And my parents got us PlayStation for, hol- uh, not for Halloween. <laughs> uh, for Fuck, that's awesome. <laughs> you have cool parents. <laughs> what, uh, Halloween presents? <laughs> They got us, uh, yeah, PlayStation for Christmas, and they got me Resident Evil. They got my, they got us each a game. They got me Resident Evil. They got my brother. Ah, fuck! Would they get him? BMX Triple X. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I I don't remember what they got him, but uh, then they got my sister Medieval. Did you ever play that? Mm-hmm. You're like this, like skeletal knight. Oh no, I did play that. Yeah, the game was awesome. Like it was like at the time because I hadn't played games like that before. I had no idea what I was doing, so difficult. Yeah. Like I still want to go back and play it again because I feel like at this point I could probably beat it <laughs> and not get hung up on like the you know second or third level. Right. Um. But yeah, I remember being, I wouldn't say terrified, but kind of creeped out by Resident Evil, despite the fact that the graphics were, by today's standards, pretty weak. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember being more scared by that at the time than I was by like uh, like Resident Evil 5. Well, as the games went on, they got more like action adventure Yeah. And less about like tone and atmosphere. Right. And it got less about zombies. Yeah, more like monsters. Yeah, monsters or, you know, the biological weapons, basically. Right. Um, they're, you know, the, these, these viruses were bred to create human or animal biological weapons. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, just over time, it just lost its... Luster, I guess. Yeah. Like I said, it became more about, like, action. Making things happen right away. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, things creeping and trying to find clues and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I'd I'd really like to see that come back. Uh, Like you said, especially, like, trying to, you know, solve puzzles. And, you know, it's like, oh, okay, well, this clue leads me back to that thing I saw half an hour ago. Yeah. Go back there. And I got to fight through all the shit that I came to get here in the first place. That was what's so taxing about the original is that you had to go through these traps multiple times. And like you had to basically keep the entire mansion in your head just so you knew like exactly how to get back to certain places and, you know, where certain things were. Because I'm pretty sure on the original, like if you found something, it didn't mark it on your map, I don't think. I think that maybe happened in later games. But in the first one, I'm pretty sure you just kind of had to remember where things were. I remember there being a map, but I don't know if it, like how much it showed you. Yeah. 
like unless you found a map of the look, the area that you were in, like usually like hanging on a wall or something. Right. Um, I think the map revealed as you exposed more areas. That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the first game and the second game. Oh my god. But I mean, you know, if this generation has an attention span that can only be measured in nanoseconds. <laughs> right. Um. So it's got to be all flashing lights and colors and everything in your face now, 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 now. Go, go, go. Yeah. But, I mean, that... Okay, I'm, I'm sure I've talked before on the show about the game Until Dawn. I know I talked about it on Video Game Break. Yeah. I think, I think we have. Okay. But that game was sufficiently creepy. Uh, that, like, kept me on edge for most of the game. Just because there were so many things happening, and it created this atmosphere where you're constantly wondering if something's going to jump out at you, and you know what your next choice is going to have to be, and you know what the repercussions of those choices are. Because, like I said, well, when I talked about it before, uh, it very heavily incorporates the butterfly effect. So every decision you make in the game affects what happens later on down the line. Um, so, and, you know, obviously people were very creeped out by PT yeah. when it was available. Um, so, I mean, if, if, if you, if they can incorporate the elements of these games that actually still kind of scared people um, and put them into a new Resident Evil, I, that would be awesome. I just think that if they're trying to go back to their roots, which, like I said before, makes me think zombies, mm-hmm. then I think they're going to have a little trouble. Well, I mean, it's a good sign that they got uh, Jordan Amaro, who who worked on PT, right, worked designing the game. So I don't know. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'm uh, kind of a side note: the Resident Evil, the final Resident Evil movie. Resident Evil, the final chapter. <laughs> that was the name they stuck with. Yep. Uh, it's coming to theaters in January. So. Which is another reason to think that this might actually be the time that it happens. You know, they could kind of tie them in together promotionally. Maybe. I mean, it kind of seems like the movies and the games haven't really had a whole lot to do with each other. That's true. They haven't really done that in the past, so maybe not. But. <laughs> I mean, like, like the first one, like the first movie had a very loose and tenuous connection to the game, to the first game. Um, I mean, in that it starts in a mansion, but it almost immediately moves into an underground lab. And, you know, there are zombies. Aside from that, the differences, or I mean, the, the similarities are pretty thin. Yeah. Uh, but then they made the second movie, which was focused on the Nemesis project, right? Which I mean, it, it was not not story wise, but character wise, was almost identical to mm-hmm. the to the um, game. Completely skipped over the second game, but Leon appeared in a later movie. Yeah, Kennedy. I don't know. They made some bad choices with characters. I think. Um, 
like Chris Redfield, they made him kind of almost almost a villain. Like he's a very unlikable person. I mean, he's like, you know, the knight in shining armor in the games. Right. So I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, E3 is next month, so. All right. Probably not. Yeah. Ask Carlos. Does he get in? I don't know. Or does he pay to get in? I mean, he he's more in the in that field than we are, so true. And he, oh, I guess he does work for Big Fish too. So yeah, that's true. <clears throat> so there's that. Okay, well that's all, I guess. <laughs>
Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I love zombie. It's, like, one of my favorite uh, zombie movies. Uh, but I don't know if it lends itself to comic books that well. I, I don't know. I could be wrong. You could, it almost seems like you make a comic book at anything nowadays. But, this is true. Um, and, you know, I'm just recently starting to get more into comics. Like, I was super into them when I was a kid but kind of fell out of it as I got older, but now I'm starting to kind of get back into it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm kind of discovering that, like, you, they have comics about the fucking everything now, like movies and TV shows and all of them have been adapted into comics. It's like, like, um, uh, like Arrow and The Flash, like, they already have Green Arrow and Flash comic books, but they've made TV show ad adaptations of them. Or, like, they made comic book adaptations of the TV shows. Interesting. Which seems redundant. Yeah, it does. <laughs> comic book based on a TV show based on a comic book. Inception. Dun, 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 comic exception. Uh, but Ibon Press will not solely be doing Lucio Fulci adaptations. Uh, they also have original work, uh, starting with the comic Bottom Feeder. That means when you eat butts, you eat buttholes. The booty like Pac-Man. <laughs> Pac-Man. Uh, this is an all-new original horror series that is described as Humanoids from the Deep meets Bad Lieutenant. What? <laughs> <laughs> Those are two movies that have Absolutely nothing in common. It's like Gone with the Wind meets Blazing Saddles. <laughs> I'd watch that. <laughs> I'd be into that shit. Uh, it will also it will feature the likenesses of Bill Mosley and Clue Gulliger. <laughs> because why not? Sure. Yeah, fuck it. Those would be my picks. Uh, if you want to get your hands on some of these comics, you're going to have to go to their website, uh, which I believe is ibonpress.com. It's E-I-B-O-N, because uh, these will not be available in stores. Right, because they're prestige. Right. They're very exclusive. So exclusive. Uh, yeah. So you, you into this? Uh, maybe. I, I could check them out. As uh, both a comics fan and a Fulci fan? Yeah, I don't like the idea that I can't buy them at stores. Yeah. Because that is inconvenient for me. Um, and it's like, you know, if you're going to sell comics, you really need to distribute them to comic book stores because they are a dying breed and they need support. Well, something like that, like people are going to want to go and look at it and hold it in their hands and, you know... Right through the, yeah, right through the pages. Yeah, I I don't think I've ever bought a comic that I didn't flip through. Like I don't sit there and read it because that would be a dick move. But you know, flip through it, see what the art looks like. You know, maybe read a few frames. And that that's kind of what I base my purchase on. But to to go in there almost blind. I mean, maybe maybe they'll have some kind of like a you know, uh, preview. On the website, I don't know. I, don't I would have to it. think so. But it's like you said. I mean, it's like, you gotta. You like to have it in your hands. You know? 
That's, that, that's another thing I don't understand about these people that uh, don't get their comics like on their e-readers and stuff. Yeah. Like, that's like really killing the experience, at least in my mind. I, I do have uh, the, the first Walking Dead compendium mm-hmm. on my tablet, but mostly because it was on sale for like $4. <laughs> Can't beat that. Yeah. That, that, that's another issue. It's like, you know, these digital copies, they're so much cheaper than actual physical copies. And that That's a trend across all media, I think. I mean, you know, movies especially. It's like you can um, buy a movie on like iTunes or something for 12 bucks as opposed to paying 20 for a DVD or Blu-ray. Right. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's a, it's an issue with creating a, but I mean, while a lot of filmmakers that work for like major studios, for instance, you know, they'll get their paydays, you know, um, Unless they're you know not well the, that well known, if they're working like on a on a bigger movie, um, let's let's take like a Marvel movie for instance, you know even if it's not like the super huge like um, like power powerhouse director directing one of these movies, and well, a lot of times they're not, mm-hmm. they still get paid pretty well because it's a Marvel movie. Right, it's gonna make a hundred million dollars. Yeah, but comics. You know, you've got these artists that they get paid as artists. You know, regardless of how many com- how many issues of the comics they sell, or that the, the, you know Marvel or DC or whoever sells. You know, the artists. I mean, they're they're making a, a livable um, amount of money, but there's it's not like they're you know getting rich off of it. Yeah. So. I mean, and, and it, that that trickles down to comic books store owners. It's like, you know, there's one here in lo- local in town that um, there every every year the first weekend in May there's you know, we, I don't remember if I talked about this last episode or not. I don't think so. Maybe maybe at least briefly, but um, every year the first weekend, first Saturday in May. Um, it's free comic book day. And so most comic book stores will participate and you go in and you pick up your, like your free comics, you know, depending on what store you go to, maybe you get one, maybe two. One we go to, when I go to here in town, like he'd give you like a pack of like four or five comics. That's pretty awesome. And I discovered that he actually has to pay for those. Oh really? Yeah. That's bullshit. Yeah. I always, I assumed it was the actual publishers that would send out these comics for free because it's free comic book day. Right. Um, and you know, they're not, I mean, sometimes they're like actual, maybe like back issues of, of comics or they're like special free comic book day issued comic books. Yeah. Um, and you know, sometimes they are, but yeah, he has to pay for all these and, you know, in order for him to really make a killing, and you know, offset the cost of having to pay for these comics. Um, he like has like this sale, like he'll have uh, buy one get one half off for graphic novels, which is awesome for the consumer. But I'm sure that's the day he sees mo- his most business, yeah, because he's having that sale. Um, and it's just you know, it's a it's a it's a small mom and pop shop basically, and he, he keeps it open because he loves comic books. He loves uh, you know, the, the Customer base, 
Um, but it's kind of a roundabout way of saying, like when people will buy things digitally, you know, and read their comics on their e-readers um, or the, you know, their computers or whatever, it really takes away not just from, you know, having that comic, but like it, it affects these comic book store owners too that have kind of made their business off of it. Anyway, um, <laughs> what were we talking about? Shop local. Yeah, that, that that's essentially what I mean. It's something small where, you know, businesses where and industries where people aren't making a lot of money off of their creations, basically. I think it's best to, yeah, definitely shop local and help out small businesses. Yeah. Well, like we said, unfortunately, that's not an option with with right. Ibon Press. Um, I was just looking at it. Their, their website is ibonpress.com. It launches June 6th. You can pre-order uh, Zombie, which, like I said, is coming in July as of June 10th. Okay. So if, if you're into that, then definitely check it out. You can also follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Ibon Press. They follow us already. Really? Yeah. Sweet. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So that's going to do it for Horror Business. That's it. Um, now, we mentioned that we were going to do an interview, and we were actually already, I wouldn't say mid-interview, but we'd already started the interview and realized we weren't getting any of their audio on our recording. We could hear them, but we, it wasn't recording for some reason. Mm-hmm. We were recording. Yeah, when our mics were working as they are now, but for some reason they were not coming through the mixer. Mm-hmm. So I uh, don't know what the problem was. We're still trying to figure it out, but uh, it was embarrassing. We had to cancel after we'd already started the interview. Yeah. Um, so uh, hopefully we can figure out what's going on. And get that set up for next episode, but we are... Well, not next episode. Next episode. No, sorry. On. Yeah, episode after next. Um, but, uh, I don't know, a new, new mixer, which will be fun. Uh, did I mention the Grave Plot store? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, anyway, so no interview this episode, so um, I guess that just leaves us with going into our reviews. Okay, so two movies enter, one movie leaves. The other one also leaves. Right. <laughs> uh, what do you want to do first? Darkness! Hey, Mikey, did you know the Indians that used to live around here thought this place was haunted? Legend says that the guardians of their spirit world lived in the rocks. Hey, buddy, do me a favor. No bags on the table, Mikey. Remember? <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. Michael's been acting strangely. Can you tell Michael to stay out of my room? Keeps leaving dirty hand marks everywhere. Don't put your hands in this, honey. Oh my God. Getting angry doesn't help. You're scaring him. He's scaring me. One, two, three, four, five.
all week to say that, haven't you? So this movie stars Charlie Murphy. <sighs> no, it doesn't. No, it stars Bacon. Bacon! <laughs> um, so. Funny story about this movie. Is there a funny story? Yeah, check this out. So I go to the theater. First, I like I buy my tickets on Fandango. I buy tickets for The Darkness. Why'd you buy your tickets on Fandango? I always bought my tickets on Fandango. They charge you like two fifty. It's like a dollar sixty. Big whoop. <laughs> um, so I buy my tickets on Fandango. Buy tickets for The Darkness. I go to the theater. I see The Darkness poster. Guy scans my ticket. I go into the theater, the one that says The Darkness. And then I sit there. And apparently, I watched a re-remake of Poltergeist. <laughs> yes. Exactly. That's exactly what this fucking was. Um, yeah. like It's like someone took the outline of Poltergeist and then wrote a new movie around it. Yeah. <clears throat> we walked out of the theater. I'm like, we just watched Poltergeist. This and- movie was everything I was afraid the Poltergeist remake was going to be. Right. And that it wasn't. <laughs> and people constantly bitch about the Poltergeist remake. But it's like, at least it wasn't this bad. Yeah. <laughs> For a remake, it wasn't bad. It wasn't particularly good. But. Um, so, Kevin Bacon plays Paul Taylor. Plays Kevin Bacon. <laughs> um, who works at a firm. A non-specific, never-mentioned firm. He's an architect. They never say that. They do. No, they say he works at a firm. At one point, he's looking at a document that may or may not be a floor plan. Uh, I'm pretty sure at one point he says he's an architect. Uh, I don't remember to whom, but... And then at one point, his boss, Mr. Paul Reiser, tells (laughs) him... Mr. Mad About You. Tells him, your whole team is down 10%. 10% of what? <laughs> Down in in what? Uh, Sales? Gold coins. <laughs> That's the kind of script this movie was working with. Yeah. Um, this was, wow. Okay. Yeah, there's just so much stuff. Yeah, so let's, let's, let's get through this here. <laughs> uh, so the Taylors go to the Grand Canyon. Somehow Matt Walsh is married to Zoe from How I Met Your Mother. Right? What the <laughs> fuck? And they're in the movie for like five minutes. Yeah, like just these random and fucking cameos. I expected them to come back and, you know, like be their friends or something, yeah. but you never see them again. Yeah, like I saw Matt Walsh, and my first thought was, the fuck is Matt Walsh doing in this movie? Yeah, it's like, oh, there's the hot chick from Grind, or How I Met Your Mother, or Once Upon a Time, whatever you prefer. Oh, shit, that was her in Grind. Yeah. Yeah, then, like, I saw that she was his or wife, house. and I was like, no. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've leaned over to my wife. I'm like, what the fuck is she doing married to him? I mean, and they have a kid. He is funny. That means he let, that means he let her be. She, she let, let him, him uh, put his freckly little pecker in her. <laughs> <laughs> Why does she have top billing on IMDb? Jennifer Morrison has top billing on IMDb above Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Probably because she's the only one working right now. <laughs> Um, this show went tits up I don't think either him or his wife are working anymore oh Bacon yeah 
they need to just make bacon already and just get, get on with it. <laughs> or they need to make another Hollow Man movie. Wait, no, he's dead. They're right. <laughs> well, they made a second one with Rob Lowe. <laughs> Wait, was it Rob Lowe? Yeah. Wasn't it? I don't think so. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I think it was some, some jerk off. <laughs> some fucking guy. <laughs> um, so yeah, they go to the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Uh, their son, who is autistic, falls into a cave. Their son, Bruce Wayne. <laughs> right? He falls into a cave um, that has cave drawings. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many cave drawings in this movie. <laughs> uh, and he finds these rocks, and each rock has a tiny cave drawing on it. And he decides he's going to take them home. Doesn't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then all kinds of weird things start happening, and they, they blame it on his on him being autistic. Right. <laughs> There's an actual conversation between Bacon and his wife. Who's played by Rada Mitchell, by the way. Where she's saying... I'm experiencing all these weird things. There's these weird smells. The kid tried to burn the house down. And then he's uh, like, oh, you're drunk. I hear voices. And he says, oh, that's just Michael's autism manifesting itself in new ways. First of all, I've never seen <laughs> autism manifest itself in the way of smells and voices. So that's a dumb line right there. But then she responds, don't be a jerk. He's not being a jerk. He's just being stupid. <laughs> the dialogue in this movie is so bad. Yeah. The whole the whole whole story, the whole script is just dumb. Yeah. Like how things play out is stupid. Um you know, they discover that these these stones are attached to the Aziz Ansari tribe. <laughs> Um, and yeah, like in these like malevolent spirits they believed in, uh, and they like they they believe that these stones like being on this altar with the cave drawings, uh, <laughs> like locked them in place or something. And, yeah, they're in the stones. Yeah, um, and you know, and they hid it in this mysterious place that no one has ever found except for this kid who wanders in yeah, and just falls through a hole. Accidentally falls through, yeah. Um, and he... Or, you know, when they start to figure out what's going on or, like, start to suspect it, you know, they're doing these really, uh, like, generic Google... Ewebsearch.com. Yeah. <laughs> um, doing these web searches... Just like with the most like elementary of terms, you know, I can't find out how to fix my fucking car unless I do some creative fucking web search. She searches for like strange smells. Right. And gets like sometimes supernatural beings manifesting yeah. themselves. Like autism is supernatural. <laughs> like she like uh, autism and supernatural events or something like that. And like she's finding exactly what she fucking wants. And then she shares this video, this YouTube video. Um, or Genera2, whatever it's called. Uh, ewebvideos.com. The, the web, the 
video player. Yeah, it was <laughs> E-Web Videos. <laughs> okay. Um, she finds this video about the Z's and Sorry <laughs> Indians, and it has all, like, every single bit of information <laughs> they need. Like, one, like, handy little package. Oh, not only that, that video also tells you how the movie ends. Does it? Yeah. I don't remember that. But yeah, like there's a part in that and they say like the, the stones can only be returned by this kind of person. And so you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> now I know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, she's watching, or actually she sent it to Bacon and he's watching it. And I leaned over to my wife. And I'm like, it's really good that they have this video that tells them everything they need to know. Oh, right. This one video. Again, I can't, I can't, uh, figure out how to fix my wiper motor in my car without looking for like five different fucking videos and using like these most off the wall, obscure web search terms that I can think of to find how to work on my specific car. But they found out everything they needed to know about this ancient extinct Indian tribe. One video. Yep. Um, they're also a very fucked up family for no particular reason whatsoever, other than to make a plot point. Right. Uh, like their daughter is like a real bitch for no real reason. Yeah, and she's bulimic. Right. But she, like, okay. Every, <laughs> every room in this house has a bathroom attached to it. Yeah. Why does this 12-year-old kid have a bath, his own bathroom? Right. Like the, the little boy's bedroom has a bathroom, and the, little, the girl, the teenage girl's bedroom has a bathroom. So when I say she's bulimic, you would think, oh, she goes in the bathroom and throws up. No, she takes a fucking Tupperware and pukes into it and then keeps it. Yeah. Why? That was so disgusting. She just had like the stacks of fucking Tupperware filled with vomit. Uh, under her bed. Under her bed. Yeah. Like, that didn't, maybe that's where the weird smell's coming from. <laughs> fucking Tupperware things full of vomit. Yeah, that didn't fucking register with somebody months ago. Yeah. And then she's a drunk. The mom is a drunk. Right. For, again, no real reason whatsoever. Yeah. Other than, like, it somehow it all comes back to Kevin Bacon. It all, six degrees of bacon. <laughs> all the problems in this movie are six degrees of bacon. Yep. It's true. <laughs> um, and then, like, his boss tries to get him to fuck the, the new girl at work, and he won't do it because he's not that person anymore. Yeah, and that that's just kind of, like... It's it's almost ambiguous in that it's only really mentioned like once in the movie, um, but apparently he had an affair at some point. Yeah, it's not really a primary focus, other than the fact it's that it's not even really like a character trait because it doesn't affect anything. No, it's like he's constantly like groveling and trying to be like this ideal perfect husband, and you know trying to succeed as as, as an architect, and um, and you know just do everything right. But she just keeps shitting all over him. And everybody does. Like, you know, the autistic kid, you know, that's that's a curveball. You know, that I mean, who an autistic kid is going to like and be around is, like, unpredictable. But the daughter is a huge bitch for no reason. Um, oh, she's and, a teenage girl. Well, sure. And I, when she started really, like, showing exactly, like, what kind of bitch she was going to be. I leaned over to my wife again. I said, no girls. (laughs) Uh, Which is a constant back and forth between us. Um, 
and yeah, she's just a colossal bitch. And uh, his, his wife, again, she is such a moody bitch, and she gets mad at him when he's like trying to basically support the family by himself. And you know, it's like. Uh, adultery, not adultery, but like having an affair, um, you know, uh, cheating on your spouse or significant other, in my mind, that's like inexcusable and unforgivable. Um, but clearly she forgave him at some point. So, you know what? That's the road that you chose. Fair point. So it's time to move on. Um, but she just continues to hold it over his head and she's, well, she stays at home with the kid, but like what is she, what is she she's on the computer yeah she says that she has work at some point right but again not the same thing work. you never find out what she does um yeah and, and like and i feel like the movie was trying to make you think that kevin bacon was this asshole and just a reprehensible human being but at the end he kind of becomes like the hero Out of, out of nowhere? Were we not supposed to expect that? I, it's Kevin Bacon. He's a wild card. <laughs> um, and yeah, so like nothing happens for a long time except for just weird, creepy smells, and then like the kid tries to burn the house down, right? And keeps talking to uh, to Jenny, his, his new imaginary friend, who keeps putting hands on his sister. Yeah, and then when it finally starts to get quote unquote interesting, comparatively. <laughs> When it's, when it's supposed to have gotten interesting. Um, yeah, it start, these black handprints start appearing all over the house. And at one point, the the daughter gets... Was, was she getting choked? It kind, of, it kind of looked like, but it looked like it was a, a child. Like hand. a baby hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was just... Pick my strong hands. <laughs> I'm going to touch you with my little hand. Uh, but yeah, there was no real, like threat in this movie at any point no i mean like even the the video says that the their main goal would be to take michael not to kill him right just to take him (laughs) you know hang out with him yeah have a play date and and return (laughs) it uh well i mean i feel like we've gone through pretty much this entire movie and Probably about 15 minutes in. Well, I mean, we haven't talked about the uh, the healer. Oh, okay. Yeah, they bring in like an exorcist. Which yeah, like we said, this is Poltergeist. Yeah. So think of, you know, Zelda Rubenstein's character. Except as a Mexican lady. Now as a Mexican lady. Yeah. Uh, and she has her granddaughter with her. Uh, it seemed like she was there to translate, but then she... <laughs> That was actually like an assistant or something. Maybe she was like a trainee. <laughs> She's trying, uh, starting a franchise. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have the the big, huge, climactic poltergeist, though. Like, you, there's, There is another dimension kind of thing that they go into, but there's no, like, there's no beast. Right. That was dumb. It was dumb, and it was anticlimactic, and it was like... Like I said, there's there was no no uh, no real threat. No, like the way that they oh, man, like I really want to spoil this movie <clears throat> so I can talk about the stupid ending. I mean, I have ethics, but 
It's really hard. Yeah. That's what she said. Hey. Um, but yeah, like, again, this Mexican lady knew, like, all about the Aziz and Staris. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, again, it was very, it was just like this, like, she must have watched the same video. Right. right? <laughs> this very informative video that somebody created. You know, the real hero was whoever made that video. Exactly. Because, <laughs> yeah, she knew. It was like, oh, yeah, we went from the Grand Canyon. Oh, the Sazis and Zari Indians. It must be them. <laughs> How did you jump to that? Like, <laughs> come on. <clears throat> I couldn't believe this movie was an hour and 40 minutes long. Yeah. It seemed a lot longer, though. Yeah. it's But they didn't fill it with very much content. No. Most of this movie was, it's like, you're basically watching a dysfunctional family. Yeah, more or less. Uh, yeah. And little Bruce Wayne was uh, annoying. I mean, there's like all these moments that don't lead anywhere. Like like we said, Matt Walsh and Zoe at the beginning. Yeah. And like they, they had a son who gave Michael his watch. Yeah, and he you almost got the impression that he was like, uh, what was the daughter's name? I don't fucking care. <laughs> Her boyfriend. Or at least that they were like plowing. Right. Stephanie. Okay. Because, um, yeah, when he was like, you know, here, just hang out. Me and your sister are going to go over here. Fuck. Yeah, I was waiting for, you know. <laughs> what What do you think of that, that girl? In what way? Way she, way she looked. Um, she was way too skinny. She was, but she's believing so. There's makes that. sense. I'm trying to find out how old she is so I can steer this conversation. <laughs> yeah, me too. I don't want to say anything until I find out. <laughs> um, oh, she's in the Wolf Creek TV show. Oh yeah. That makes sense because this is directed by Greg McClain, who directed Wolf Creek. Oh man, Wolf Creek was not good either. I have no shame saying that. Wolf Creek Two was better. I didn't see it because I disliked the first one so much. The first one kind of has a lot of the same problems this one has. Just like not really a lot going on for most of it, and then. I don't know, even like the, the, the big, you know, climax with the, the, the healer, the, the worst thing that happened was they had some glass thrown at them. Yeah. Uh, it was, was it like glass? It almost looked like those little glass pebbles. I think it was one of the, one of the bombs that she had up on her table there fell over. Hmm. I think they were vases, but they looked like a big pile of bombs. <laughs> Oh, that's why she looked... Okay, this Lucy Fry, the girl who played the daughter. She played Marina Oswald in 1122-63. Oh. I knew she looked familiar, but I wasn't sure why. I didn't bother to look. <laughs> Which, uh, let's see, 90, 92. Okay, she's good. Uh, yeah, she was way too skinny, but... She, she had some, uh, some nice legs. Yeah, like that Catholic school girl. Outfit she was wearing. Yeah, real nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. 
You're such a creep. <laughs> she had a weird face, though. She did have kind of a weird face. I don't know. I like, but look at these pictures on IMDb. She looks much prettier. She's a model. So, I mean, you know, she's got that ideal. Pretty. They make her look ideal. Yeah. I guess in pictures, it's a lot easier to touch up, touch up stuff. Right. She, I don't know. I don't know why she looked weird. I can't put my finger on it, but something about her was, you know, weird. <laughs> yeah. um, so I got to say, as someone who has someone very close to me who's on the, the autistic scale, mm-hmm. uh, I found this movie a little insulting. Okay. Um, like, I know that there is this theory that autistic people are more in tune with the spiritual world or whatever. Um, just the way that they handled Michael's autism made it seem almost like, like more of a um, learning disability than it is. They made him seem like, I don't know. I don't really know how to describe it, but it made, it made him make him made him seem like he was, uh, um, like he more had like some kind of mental retardation rather than exactly autism. Yeah, and also it, like his parents had no idea what to do. Like he's, you know, what 12, 13? Yeah, he kind of figured things out in that time. Yeah, you could figure out how to do most things. Most things in life can be figured out in about 10 or 11 years. <laughs> you think. You can probably get pretty good at it, too. But the way they handle it in this movie is like he got hit in the head with a frying pan right. and got autistic. <laughs> and they're like, well, I don't know what to do. Maybe these weird smells are his autism. Maybe he farted. <laughs> autism farts. Oh, yeah, those deadly autism farts. Everyone <laughs> knows that's a major side effect of autism. I know my brother had some pretty foul <laughs> gas. Brother was not autistic. No, but he had a disease. <laughs> it's all the same. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck this movie, this fucking movie, man, so bad. Like, if the fact that it was Poltergeist was the worst thing about it, I I would have been okay. <laughs> but it's there's so much more going on, and you know, I'm. I'm fucking done with Blumhouse. Oh, I know. This is another BH Tilt movie, and it's awful. Like, the one what, redeeming what's thing... What's the fucking point of BH Tilt? It was supposed to be, like, these... Uh, not art house, but, like, smaller, low-budget movies. I thought that's what Blumhouse was. Uh, I, I don't know about that, but that's, like... I think BH Tilt was supposed to be smaller-budget movies and, like, direct-to-video. Like that was like their direct-to-video label, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. So far, both BH Till movies I've seen, I saw in theaters. It was Creep. Oh, which was more was that like, Tilt or was that Blumhouse? That was Tilt, which was like that was the first Tilt movie that like that was the movie where I first learned about Tilt. Oh, see, I thought it was Green Inferno. That was the first movie that I'm like, okay, this is going a little outside of what I thought BH Tilt was. Okay, but. Um, yeah, I'm, I, every time I, yeah, but creep is so good. Creep was good. And I, I don't, that's why I had hope like, okay, Blumhouse movies suck, but maybe BH tilt might be good. 
and Creep was good, uh, but everything else was. Really and bad. Oculus was good. Was that VH still? Yeah, oh, well, that it wasn't still Blumhouse. Blumhouse. Yeah, the, there was a point where Blumhouse was good. But it, I mean, but ever since we're some of the only people that seem to think Oculus was good. So there's sure. that. But we're smarter um, than most. But Creep was rated R. It was rated R. And that's, by the way, there's a trailer. I don't know if you got the same trailer, but there's a trailer for um, Incarnate with Aaron Eckhart. Did you get that one? Mm, yeah. And it opens and it says, BH Tilt. And I'm like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I'm watching the trailer and I'm like, this, this actually looks like it could be pretty cool. Yeah. And then it got to the end and it said PG-13. And I went, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Just stop. Yeah. They're making romantic comedies that are R-rated. Why can we not make horror movies that are R-rated? Like even ones like the, like The Darkness that are you know supernatural and there's been spoiler alert nobody dies in the fucking movie. There's yeah. no blood. There's no guts. But still, like, well, I guess I was gonna say if you're scared, but there's not even any fucking. Oh god, damn it! They said fuck once, which is what you're allowed in a PG-13 movie. Yeah. Or uh, Rhonda Mitchell, my mom. She said, "Fuck." What was the context? Uh, she was yelling at Bacon because that's what she does. Oh, he found her booze, and she was yelling at him, which is funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't she, know. It's funny because she was uh, she was sober at the beginning of the movie. She, like she had been sober for however long. Mm-hmm. And then once stuff with the kid started getting weird, she started drinking again. She went and bought like two bottles of was Ciroc or something. Absolute. It was absolute. Um, and uh, presumably she stashed it some stashed them somewhere in the house where Bacon wouldn't find him. And then she, you know, she's yelling and tearing him a new one about how he's always working and he doesn't even realize what's going on around here. And he's like, I don't realize what's going on around here, huh? And he sits down. And pulls out her bottle of vodka. <laughs> yeah. It's like three quarters empty. Yeah. It's like <laughs> in the theater, I'm like, oh, <laughs> boom, <laughs> paste. <laughs> like at one point, the the healer talks about, you know, has your family, have things changed within your family recently, you know, with people being meaner to each other or something like that. Mm. But it's like, I kind of got the impression that was all happening before all of this. <laughs> Yeah, like the affair was before all of this, mm-hmm. and her, you know, being a drunk was before all of this. I don't know about the bulimia, but the fact that there was so many Tupperwares makes me think it was before all this. Yeah, it was probably his fault too, because everything was his fault. Right. <laughs> and the her being sober is again mentioned like just a tiny little bit. The only thing is Matt Walsh is pouring some, I think it's champagne or wine or something. Yeah, and he's like, "Do you want some?" Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. Right, I'm sorry, friend. I forgot that you're sober now. <laughs> I forgot that you used to have a drinking problem, but now you don't because you're sober. <laughs> but that's it. So then, like, when she bought the vodka, it didn't register with me right away as like being a big deal. Yeah. In fact, it probably wouldn't have registered even for even longer if someone in the theater went, "Oh shit." <laughs> Yeah, like, I, at first I didn't know what she was doing, uh, and, she, like, she, she was at the grocery store, and 
or she, she was with the kid and she says, hey, go look at toys or something like that. And, um, yeah, she goes down the liquor aisle and it, yeah, at first it didn't register with me. And then she, you know, pulls the bottles off the, off the, uh, shelf. And I'm like, Oh, right. She's. And then I like, how she went back and like, had like a arms full of toys. Yeah. It's like, this is hush money, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the chick's scanning him, but it's like all these action figures and two bottles of vodka. And she's like, seems like some party. <laughs> uh, oh, and then the end is dumb. And and then there's like the very end of the movie. There's this like little scene that lasts 15 seconds when they're at the park. Oh yeah. Just to kind of show that everything's okay now. Yeah. And then the movie's over. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, man. Um, so many miscues in this one. How long have we been talking about this? Long enough. Okay, <laughs> good. That's the answer I wanted. Um, I feel like with, you know, by comparison, this is not a big budget movie. Not a, not like a blockbuster, no, but right. But I mean, comparison to like you know independent features, it's, yeah. I think the budget was like four million. That's a lot of money. For... I don't I don't know where the fuck it went. It must have all gone in Bacon's pocket. <laughs> um, although it it looks good, it's a nice looking movie. Yeah, visually, it's not bad. And like that, some of the the things with the handprints are kind of cool. Mm-hmm. That <coughs> you jumped on this faster than I did and put it on the calendar. But I saw a trailer. I'm like that actually looks like it might be okay. Yeah. And then no. wrong. <laughs> um. So because there are cool things about, it, I feel like a, a movie of this kind of budget or higher is always going to get at least one point because it's going to look cool. It's going to have cool visuals. Yeah, I guess. So I'm gonna give it a two. All right. Um, I think. My overall is probably a little less technical than yours. I just thought it was really bad. I don't think it was the worst movie ever made, but it wasn't very good, like at all. Or the all, acting wasn't wasn't bad. Well, no, but, but it was I mean, hard to tell because the script was so bad. Yeah, the script. You know, you have these fairly well known actors, Rada Mitchell and, and uh, Kevin Bacon. <clears throat> You know, you give them a shit script and, you know, they can only do so much with it. <laughs> right. Um, but, uh, and, you know, the the the, the kid, um, Michael? Yeah. Um, he didn't do too bad. I mean, like, like, you're talking about how his version of autism was not very on par at all. Um, but I don't feel like that was his fault. Mm-hmm. I think that was very poor direction. Uh, I'm inclined to agree. Yeah. I mean, cause you know, I watch him on uh, Gotham and he does really well. He's, he's pretty good. Oh, he actually yeah. is Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were just talking about cause he fell in a cave. No, <laughs> I didn't even make that connection. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, he actually plays Bruce Wayne on, on Gotham. Oh, okay. Uh, which was funny because, you know, on Gotham, he's probably like, I mean, Kids around that age, it's really hard to gauge how old they are. Yeah. Um, because they that's like when they're really growing fast. 
if I had to guess, he's probably at least a couple years older. So, I mean, wonder how, it makes me wonder how long ago this movie was shot. Hmm. Anyway, um, I forgot what I was going with that. Oh, right. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, he was all right. You know, again, you can only work with what you're given. Um, the daughter was really bad. She was a terrible actress. Um, and it's, you know, she's Australian, and she wasn't hiding her accent very well. Like, when she, when she was doing uh, Marina Oswald, it's probably a little harder to detect because she was doing a Russian accent. Yeah. And this, she was doing an American accent, and, like, her her uh, Australian accent was coming through like a piece of, like, it was a piece of glass or something, but, um, but uh, she wasn't very good. Uh, Paul Reiser, though. <laughs> Fucking stole the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, he had, he had but, like this monologue where he's telling him about the healer. And it was just like the whole time he's talking, I'm like, get to the fucking point. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you know, Paul Reiser, Matt Walsh. Um, uh, I feel like there was one other person. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was just those two. I'm like, what the hell are they doing in this? Right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much work Paul Reiser's getting these days, but. I feel like I just saw him in something. What's that? Yeah, Matt Walsh and Jennifer Morrison seemed out of place here. Yeah, I mean, in, in that, just. It was an odd face to see in this movie. I mean, she plays plays a dramatic role. I mean, like, it, like Once Upon a Time Now, um, you know, in, in it, when she was on House. Yeah, I just didn't understand why she was in this. Right. Um, but. Yeah, so much about this was bad. The only thing, like you said, it was, it looked good. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, there wasn't anything redeeming about this. Um, but again, it wasn't the worst movie we've ever seen. So, two. All right. So that's a uh, that's a not recommend. Yeah, from the Great Plot Podcast. As pretty much like, don't ever see this. Yeah. Um. And yeah, Tommy Blum is going to have to fucking dig up something good to win me back. Because right now I'm I'm ready to go through the rest of our year on the calendar and see if I have any Blumhouse movies and mo- remove them. I won't argue. <laughs> uh, yeah. <clears throat> so from here, we go to an, uh, another movie that just came out what, a month ago. Now, what's what's the deal with this movie? Because I've seen 2015 all over the place, but it seems like like did it just come out on DVD or something, or did, did it just come out in the US? Well, I think it, it was doing festivals. Okay, so it might have been doing festivals. I kept seeing 2015 as a release date, but it seems like everyone is reviewing it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know the deal, but um, but it's a really relatively new movie. Uh, it just came out um, called Bite. Darkness. Me. Aww, are you okay? Yeah, he's just a little bite. Hey, have you been sick at all since our trip? 
I'm fine. It's just a small bug bite. Well, it looks infected. I need to speak to a doctor as soon as possible. <laughs> I stopped by her apartment yesterday. I smelled something coming from inside. What happened? She's a monster. Who is? So bite. Uh, IMDb is saying this is a 2016 movie, so I'm gonna go with that. Um, it's a movie about a girl named Casey. Oh, that's well, right. Okay, 2015. Whatever. Who fucking cares? Um, girl named Casey. She goes on her bachelorette weekend. She's a Blushing bride to be. That was his release date, May 6, 2016. What the fuck? I don't know. I give up. Um, yeah, so her, her, her two friends uh, take her to Costa Rica for a weekend. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, and they're like, it starts out like it may, something that I. Didn't think I noticed, but I was a little worried for a bit. Was that this is going to be a found footage movie? <coughs> they do a very interesting thing where, like, all of the flashbacks are found footage. Yeah, I guess it was because they were filming themselves in Costa Rica. Right, right. Why would you? Why would you film? Bachelor, bachelor or bachelorette party. Yeah, you don't leave evidence of that. No. <laughs> I mean, not that anything salacious happened like on my bachelor party, but... I remember Tyler did have video of you doing some karaoke. That's true, but I'm not, I'm not ashamed. I was singing, I was singing some Billy Joel. I was going right. say, I think it was Billy Joel. I don't remember which one, but or which song, but... Uh, I know it wasn't Piano Man because we all would have been belting it up. Right. That's what I missed last night when he was playing it. It's like having a friend's in with me singing it. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> um, like, my, my dad wasn't standing, or my dad and my mom both weren't standing up. My sister was standing up. I think my brother-in-law was sitting. I can't remember. And my wife was sitting. So it was just me, me and my sister standing, singing it. I was like, come on, it's fucking Piano Man. Stand up and sing. This is one of the greatest songs ever written. <coughs> He's uh, sitting at the piano and he you know, put on his little harmonica harness thing. I'm like, oh, he's going to do it. He's going to play one of the best songs ever it's written. It's happening. <laughs> Um. Anyway, back to bite. <laughs> bite. 
So Casey, yeah, she uh, she's on her bachelorette weekend in Costa Rica, and they're out swimming at one point. And uh, now wait, but can we talk about just before that? They're when they they're at the, the bar, the club, or whatever it is, uh-huh. and the uh, the guy that they're talking to makes the extremely bold move of drugging her drink while she's holding it. Did he? I missed that. Yeah, she like turns away and is talking to her friend, and he's like, bloop! <laughs> no, I, I must have looked away when that happened or something. Yeah, it's quick. I mean, they don't make a very big point of it. Right, because, I mean, I, I went through the entire movie thinking that she was just, like, super <laughs> shit-faced. Yeah, it's, it's real quick, but... It's like she picks it up off the bar and then like turns away for a second and he's just like, boom, on it. <laughs> he's a professional. Um, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, anyway, so I guess, yeah, a little bit of a spoiler that she gets raped, basically. Yeah. Um, and, uh, she, this, this is something that, like, remember when I texted you and asked you if you'd watched it already? Yes. Uh, the question was, it's like, kept making a point about how she didn't have her ring. Uh-huh. I'm like, what happened to her ring? And, but they hadn't explained it yet. I thought that maybe I'd missed it in the story. But what happened? Well, they make you think one thing, but it's actually something different. Right. Yeah. Without giving anything away. Um, <laughs> be as vague as possible. I guess I still kind of gave it away that it's not what they make you think it is, but <laughs> whatever, deal with it. Okay. Um, yeah. So she <clears throat> comes back or she's out swimming and she gets bitten by something. Hence the name. That, that was the titular bite. I love the, the opening title card. Yeah. That was like, honestly the best part of the movie. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like, Oh, I just felt something. They're like, oh, are you okay? Oh, it's just a little bite. Bite! <laughs> so good. Yeah, that was pretty good. And like, I'm like, all right. That was so like old school, like 70s horror. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, and maybe even like, like, maybe it's like foreign, like Italian, yeah. giallo or something. Um. <clears throat> But anyway, so she comes back home and you're kind of like this slowly unfolding story that um, her fiance, like there's, there's so many things wrong with this relationship. Like he wants kids and she does, or she, she doesn't know that she does or doesn't or something. Mm -hmm. Um, He has this really, domineering bitch of a mother who lives in the same building as them. But they don't live together. Or no, right? Yeah, like, maybe you can shed some light. Did he live with his mother? Or did all three of them live in the same building? I, I think all three of them just live in the same building. That's weird. That is weird. I mean, maybe he did live with his mother, but I don't think they made a point of really showing that yeah I don't, like it wasn't <clears throat> clear at all um i feel like there may have been a point when she like came to the door and asked if he was 
there or something. The mom? No, Casey. Oh. I could be imagining that. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, like, she, you know, she's like this really generic, like, the, like I said, domineering mother, uh, almost like a Norma Bates type thing. A little bit. Um, she's like, no, you know, nothing's good enough for my son, especially not you, you dirty whore. Um, and she was just like convinced that she cheated on him <clears throat> while she was on her bachelorette weekend. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, time goes on and she starts to like this, this bite starts to be, get like really swollen and, and it's got like pustules and, <laughs> and it looks like really like infected. There's, there's one scene kind of bridging your two points here. <clears throat> there's one scene where the, the boyfriend or fiance is at her place and she's like, Hey, we should fuck. And he's like, no, my mom will hear because I'm right. their neighbors or something. Right. Yeah. That, that was another thing. Like he won't put out. Yeah. Until they're married. But then she, like he won't put out. He feels the bite and is like, what is that? And she like runs into the bathroom and then he's like, so are we going to fuck or what? <laughs> Well, it's like they are they're in the process of fucking. Well, yeah, because they're getting there. Yeah, because like it comes to this point where she has um, the, the bite has started to affect her. Um, and she starts becoming very almost animalistic in a way. And she basically, like he kept, keeps trying to stop her. She pounces. Yeah, and then he just, she she rapes him, I guess. <laughs> but it was, I mean, it's just this funny transition how he's like, no, we can't. Hey, are we going to do this or what? Right. And yeah, that, that part you're talking about, it's like, she, she's on top of him, like riding him. And he's like running, running his hand down her, you know, her side onto her, like her, her leg, her, her hip, her, her hip, like butt area where the bite is. And like he squeezes and the thing fucking pops <laughs> with all this like yellowish pus shit. And, uh, yeah, that's when she runs into the bathroom and I start squeezing it. Yeah. And there's one part where it's like, it's getting so big and nasty that she like, doesn't she take like some alcohol or and she starts rubbing it, She's scrubbing it. Like it's a fucking stain. Um, yeah. I was like, that has to hurt so bad. Yeah, it's like, ouchie, <laughs> even without the peroxide. <laughs> yeah. And so she just starts like basically transforming into this amalgamation of, <laughs> of the bug that bit her and a person. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah. You never see the bugs. You don't really know what it is, what it looks like. Well, but she's clearly becoming some kind of human insect thing. Yeah. Like she, okay. So, I mean, this movie was basically, I wouldn't say advertised, but it, it really made itself look like a like a body horror. It really wasn't. I don't think. I I that's the first thing I would call this would be a body horror. I don't I, just, I don't I didn't see it. Like I mean, or I guess I won't say that I I didn't see it. I just didn't think it was a very effective. Okay, well that's two different points. I I, I guess. 
like like I mean the darkness was called a horror movie I don't think it was effective <laughs> in that sense but it's like you know when I think of things like <clears throat> things when I think of body horror like I go to like um, like contracted see I got a lot of contracted from this you did yeah contracted and Cronenberg the fly see that's a body horror that was because that's fucked up. It's like <clears throat> it's horrifying, disgusting to look at. This one just didn't do that to me or for me. You don't think this was disgusting to look at? No. Really? I mean, it had a lot of like slimy, <clears throat> gross imagery, but so does Alien. Yeah, that's not disgusting to look at. I, I I thought the whole point of this movie was that it was just a gross out. Like the the story here is pretty thin. It's just, yeah. like she gets bit and she's turning into this bug thing. Yeah. Um, it, the whole story is how she gets there. It's all just gross-out moments. And you, you know, you bring up the fly, and that's like a perfect example of what this should have been. Granted, this probably had like a fraction of the budget, mm-hmm. but I mean, there's simple things that they could have done. Like she starts to change, and like you know, her skin starts getting like uh, almost like like. Um, uh, would be the term chitinous is that a term tightness tight chitinous i don't know what that means uh like her skin kind of starts turning almost like shell like like a bug oh, okay yeah um and you know slimy at the same time which seems kind of contradictory <laughs> um and then like her eyes change like she yeah. these not even bug eyes they look like almost like that's the thing. She like you can tell that there's there's things about it that are clearly insect like, but at the same time there's she doesn't really turn into an insect. Yeah, the 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 the, the <clears throat> body horror element of this was very inconsistent. Like, like I said, her skin starts to turn kind of almost like shell like, but it's slimy. Her eyes change, but they don't change into like bug eyes. Um, she loses her hair, but she has her teeth. All of them. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. They, like they put some like tooth black on it. That was it. Hmm. Um, <laughs> and at one point, she like has goop coming out of her hands. She's got like that tryptophobic makeup that everyone does on their hands. <laughs> but it like has goop coming out of it that apparently kills people. Right. And somehow she sealed her friend's mouth shut. Yeah. I don't... And she can also apparently hear things that are, like, far away. Yeah, do bugs have, like, supersonic hearing? And then affect them by screaming? <laughs> that part made no sense to me whatsoever. No. There was a lot of stuff that didn't make sense at all in this. Um, but she... Like, she grows, like, a stinger that kind of comes out of nowhere. Where was the stinger? Was it on her backside? Yeah, it was like a tail. It was like right above her ass. Because oh. like you don't notice it at first, but then when she starts wrestling around with the dude... Was she supposed to be naked at the end? I think she was topless, but she very clearly had some underwear on. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, if she was supposed to be naked, it didn't work. No. Because uh, it looked like they had put makeup on like over the underwear or something to make it look like she was supposed to be naked. And, like, I don't know if that's what they're 
goal was, if that was, if it was, then they failed. It didn't work, yeah. Um, or if I don't, maybe she was just wearing some crusty drawers. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, she kills both of her friends. Granted, one of them's a bitch. Yeah, she's not not a good person. Um, the acting in this was bad. It, it was not great. The uh, the fiance in particular. He's especially bad. Yeah. Um, looking at his history. Apparently he was in Heroes Reborn. Oh yeah. Probably like one episode. Yeah, one episode as police officer. <laughs> <clears throat> um this was after bite. Clearly this was his springboard in Hollywood. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> um the Asian friend, uh, Kirsten, she was alright. She was probably like Casey was probably the best, and then she was probably. I think the so. Yeah, I think she was like one of the worst ones. I mean, she was over the top for sure, but I feel like that was kind of the character. Actually, you know what? Now, Jill. No, I take that back. Jill was Jill was good. bad. Um, she was like trying to make it very clear that she's a bitch. Yeah. That like to the point where it's like, why would anyone be friends with her? <laughs> yeah, it, it was very clear at the beginning too exactly what she was trying to do. Yeah, uh, like her plan is basically unfolded in front of us before the plans even taken place. Right. Um, and then, like, what I feel like is supposed to be like the big reveal is it's it's like oh yeah. That kind of made sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, feel, I feel like this movie tried to be really, really tried really hard to be a gross out. It just didn't work. And I think that was my biggest complaint about it is that I went in hoping for this like really just gross, fucked up body horror, um, which doesn't seem to me. Maybe I'm wrong. It doesn't seem like it should be that hard. Because the reason that so many low-budget movies have like gore and stuff in it is because it's cheap, right? So I, th- I don't know. I feel like this had a lot of potential that it didn't take effect, uh, take advantage of. I don't know. Like to me, I I thought it was a gross-out movie. I the you know her squeezing the pus out of her out of her bite was disgusting. Well, yeah. I mean that was gross, but you know. Seth Brendel did that too. Well, yeah. And he also lost his ears and his dick. I <laughs> kept him in jars. See, well, that, that's the kind of really gross shit that I was hoping to get from this. Yeah. And it just didn't happen. Like, she didn't, her ears didn't fall off. She lost some of her hair, like I said, but she still had all of her teeth. She still had eyebrows, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, she didn't grow any. I mean, aside from like the stinger, she didn't like grow any appendages or anything like that. Um, so I don't know I, I didn't really get a lot out of this it does kind of seem like most of the what what could be like really big gross out moments happen off screen like all there's egg sacs all over her apartment yeah which are like those little beads that you, uh, you put in flower pots 
Yeah. Uh, those little like squishy jelly beads. Right. That's but that's what they are. That's what the the little eggs they look like almost like giant caviar. Right. The the babies scene though that was good stuff. When she comes home and everyone's like babies babies oh babies. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good scene. Yeah, that's pretty good. It didn't really make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, it was almost like a fever dream. Because I mean that's that's what it was. She was dreaming. Spoilers. The existence of the scene is a spoiler. Then. Well, all right. <laughs> um. Yeah, like you never actually see her. I mean, you see like the camera shows between her legs on the floor, and then just like splash. Yeah. But you don't actually see. I mean, not that I want to see them coming out of her vagina. But <laughs> <laughs> um, then, like, like you know, she just has a stinger. They don't show her grow the stinger. Mm-hmm. They don't show her lose her hair. She just doesn't have hair. Yeah. She gets, uh, <clears throat> she grows these like, almost like spines on her back. She looks like a stegosaurus almost. She does rip off her fingernails and eat them. I don't remember that. Really? Yeah. I, I would have thought that would have stuck out like a sore thumb to you. I must have missed it. You always freak out with fingernail things. Yeah, I'm glad I missed it. Shit. No good. Yeah, she just like, just, oh, look, fingernail. Rip. Eat. Yeah. See, I mean, when that similar thing happens in, um, oh, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about in, in The Fly, like he's pulling off his fingernail and as it, like he's kind of like squeezing it off and it like shoots like pus. Bleh. Yeah. So it's like two things I don't like mixed together. <laughs> um, I, mean, I, I, I don't. I know it's not fair to compare this to The Fly, because I mean, not only did that have like a star-studded cast, we also had David Cronenberg behind the camera, or not behind the camera, but in the director's chair, and obviously a much bigger budget. All those things granted, I feel like there's a lot of missed potential in this. Yeah, I, I see mean, that. And like I said, a lot of it just kind of it's like now she's this. And now she's that. Yeah. But it's like, but we don't get to see the transformation. Yeah. It'd be like watching a werewolf movie and like you see the guy and then they show a girl and then they go back to the guy and he's a wolf now. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like uh, what she was turning into is kind of muddled. I mean, I talked about like, like the, the, the kind of screwy transformation, like the, the weird body changes that happen to her that don't really make a lot of sense but also it's like you know they're swimming when she gets bitten and you know of course there are water bugs but they don't tend to go underwater to my knowledge um and so it makes you think that maybe it's like some kind of snake or it's a fish of some kind and then the eggs look like fish eggs yeah like i said it looks like like giantized the caviar caviar thank you um and so like it doesn't make sense like yeah like there's it's it's clearly at least inspired by insects there's there's insect features that she gets like the stinger the you know the thing on her hand she like uses some kind of webbing or whatever to like trap people yeah but it's she doesn't look like any one specific insect at any point. Yeah. 
And there's also things that are just like, she's still very human at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'd say as far as body transformations go, she got off pretty light. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised when she talked at the end. Yeah. I thought she'd be like completely inart- inter- inarticulate. Yeah. Like completely like, you know, like I said, animalistic and, you know, more bug than human. Right. <clears throat> and not only could she talk, but she was still like fully cognizant. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to say about this? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I, like, I, I saw a trailer for this and, you know, read the synopsis and thought it sounded like it was going to be awesome. And I had heard lots of good things. Well, I didn't, I mean, I didn't think it was awful. No, me neither. I mean, I wasn't sitting there just like waiting for it to be over, you know? Right. But at the same time, it's just like, eh, I don't know that this is something I'll watch again. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably not. Um, so let's just say three. Uh, I think four, to, like I said, to me, it is, it's just a body horror. Um, I, there's not a lot of underlying story going on. Um, there are some gross out moments, like you said, there, there's not really enough and they're not really big enough. Yeah. So if you're, if you're really into body horror, you may either really like this or really dislike it. Yeah. kind of depends <clears throat> on how much of a purist you are. Right. Uh, if you're going into it, expecting some like deeper meaning, you're, you're probably not going <laughs> to look elsewhere. Yeah. You're not going to be into watch it. the fly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I'll, I'll go one higher. I'll give it a four. All right. Okay. Well, um, I guess that's going to wrap things up for this episode. Indeed. Uh, next episode will be our Crypticon, our third annual Crypticon special. We're going to be recording live from the convention. Uh, try and get some interviews with some famous folks. Hopefully. Seem. It seemed like it was kind of a challenge last year. Yeah. Uh, just a combination of like people being really busy and then just kind of... Yeah. Some of them were a little standoffish. A little bit. But I don't know. Maybe we can schedule some time in the press room or something. Hopefully. still don't really know how that works. Yeah. Maybe we can figure something out. I really want to talk to Kate, though. I, I figured you would. Oh, man. So, I mean, if you're going to be there... By all means, come say hi. We would love to love to hear from you. Uh, if you're not going to be there, listen next episode and uh, get all get all the goods. Yeah. Uh, and also remember to check out um, the Grave Plot Shop and uh, buy yourself a T-shirt. Um, you know, buy yourself a shirt, uh, a show shirt, but also check out the CF Awareness Month shirt. Um, again, all those. Uh, all the commission from that goes uh, directly to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. Um, really appreciate any help or any purchases you might make. Um, but other than that, I think that's going to do it for us. 
Make sure you go to greatplotpodcast.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, Great Plot Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Grave underscore plot on Twitter because Great Plot Podcast doesn't fit. <laughs> All right. So uh, catch you again in a couple weeks, guys, where we'll be broadcasting uh, pre-recorded from Crypticon. <laughs> Uh, Till then, I'm Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. This has been the Great Flat Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside.